0: I can't even hear you over all three of your chins. Keep your mouth shut. But since I care about you people so much, I know you wanted to see MJF in action tonight against Darby Allen. And by God, I'm gonna give it to you. Woodlow, come on out here, please. Oh, he's got Bryce Remsburg, a referee. Well, there's a match if there's a referee, right? You're gonna count to ten. And if Darby does not come out here, you uh, will raise my hand, and I will prove once uh, again that I am the past, the present, and the future of professional wrestling. God, I hope not. And this is not a sanctioned match. Not a sanctioned match at all. Oh, come on. This is one of the worst things I've ever been a part of. I don't doubt all day. Let's go. Does MJF think it's going to be a moral victory? What the hell? This is almost as slow as the Deontay Wilder-Tyson Fury count.
1: Well, I think business may pick up here, folks.
0: Snowing in Miami. Yeah, it may not be Darby, but it's Sting! The Icon with back.
1: Good shit, late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude!
0: <laughs> I want to be a podcaster, yay! Is my name get... Kenta? I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop-in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick! i I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me <laughs> hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games. Let a war. War games.
1: You're I have. Yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like, like a dog.
0: dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Jinx! Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. You just don't start a podcast and yell out bugs, and people are just yelling bugs, that's not how things work, but at least we know how things are done here, because it's Wednesday, you know what that means, it's gotta be 12 o'clock, and it is time for the Top of Wrestling Podcast, as always, because it's season 3, episode 29, I bring that up because the season is coming to a close very soon, a lot of good things on the way, we'll get into it. I am the professor, Mark Fantasia. Thank you so much for every one of you who have subscribed, liked, and shared us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know, I'm kind of like Ron Burgundy. You can completely write anything you wanted to their ODM, and I'm probably just going to read it. But as always, we bring you good wrestling and good flicks, which is why I started talking about bugs. Most likely that has absolutely nothing to do with this movie of the week, but I can't get my show started, our show started, until I bring in, well, my best friend. And what's more important than that, huh? Ladies and gentlemen, ODM.
1: Professor, have a drink. Have a couple of drinks. It's a podcast.
0: I like that. Ooh. Was that a... Deep Pole. What's the old guy's name? What, Robert loja Yeah, there it is Oh my god, Family Guy did a great bit with him really Robert Loja as in R Oh my god, there's Robert okay. <laughs> Yes, I remember that <laughs> Um, You know, speaking of movies Last week Man, it, it, John Denver was full of shit, man <laughs> You know, we had these babes come up to us And they're like, we're looking for a podcast And I was like you guys are in luck. There is a shitty podcast called The Destruction Day De Hermanos. They're way down that way. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. Do you realize That's what right. you've we done? Went with <laughs> we went back with Dumb and Dumber. Uh, such a good one. I love that. Man, Those some lucky guys are going to get to tour around with her. One day we'll catch our break. <laughs> Oh, man, man, I'm wearing contacts for the first time in a while, and everything I'm going to read is pretty blurry, so I hope I'm on the right uh, part of today's discussion here. I'm seeing that the first words are general discussion, so it jogged my memory. You can say that, all right, last season, it was the AEW versus, uh, versus NXT Wednesday Night Wars. Well... One moved to Tuesday, so I'm going to go ahead and say the war was over when they stopped going face to face. But it's been pretty clear that it's basically AEW versus WWE, and that's what we've been seeing online. And you've got your haters of one versus your haters of the other, and vice versa. But Tony Khan. He has not been shy lately. I'm like double-checking, triple-checking sources before I'm reading it. I'm like, no, he really is saying, no, I got more money than him. I could do those types of things, too. Um, And what I'm talking in reference to is WWE decided to, which we talked about last week on the air, they're going to go two and a half hours with their SmackDown. And... (laughs) Tony Khan said, "Okay, well for your last half hour, you guys are doing commercial free. We could do that too." So he did the entire Punk versus Matt Sydal match uh, commercial free. But also said, "You know what I'm going to give away for absolutely free is on YouTube. We're going to give you Brian Danielson versus Mineral Suzuki." And Taz I think said it best, "on commentary." Do you have the exact quote by any chance? Uh, he basically said anybody who doesn't watch this is stupid. Yeah, if you're not watching this match, which is on YouTube for free, he said something to the effect of that even, t- even yeah. so. He's like, y- you're a freaking idiot. And that's true. Now, y- you see what I wrote in there? For the 19th time in the last three weeks, the main event match of SmackDown was the Usos versus private profits, or street profits. We've been talking about Again. it for a week. Yeah. And we, we've been talking about it in our uh, draft, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, our fantasy league, which yep. is great because I have the Usos. So I was like, hey, 40 points. I'm like, yay, but that's all I got out of it. Uh, or whatever the point yeah. system is for that. But <laughs> that's what you had. You seemed like you were trying to do something big. And I'm not sure if you were looking to go up against the major leagues with the uh, with the playoffs going on right now. Or were you really trying to go against AEW, knowing that at that half hour you were trying to fight against Rampage? What else were you trying to fight? And not only did Danielson go against Suzuki and have that match with a tremendous running knee. We'll get into that. But next night he has a completely different technical match against Bobby Fish. Just you can't tell me the dude's not having a time of his life. An interview I read today, he's, they, someone said, what would you rate your match versus Kenny Omega? He said 10 out of 10. And he goes, and it's not, has nothing to do anymore with what I did in the ring. It's how I felt afterwards. And if I had a good time and he goes, so all my matches so far have been a 10 out of 10. I'm like, Oh, I love that. That's just, you know, they make you love wrestling again, man. People are happy. Imagine that it's, I'm extremely happy. That's why we're covering it more. Um, before I get your take on if you think this is real wars or not, you know, if you're, we'll call it WWE champion, even though Big E's the WWE champion, we'll say universal. Roman Reigns, if he is even mentioning AEW at all, yeah, it's your competition.
1: Yeah, he's telling it, the
0: line. He's telling he's,
1: Him and Booker are S and the D of the E.
0: Oh, hard. But did you happen to see what he tweeted and what Don Callis's response was.
1: I didn't see what Roman tweeted. I saw that he gave an okay. interview where he basically said AEW's fans AEW's fans are more hardcore and they're the new kids so, on the block so they're the flashy thing.
0: He, he with with pro wrestling finesse, I think it is here. It, it I don't see the real competition because I think their fan base legitimately is a hardcore fan base. So there's like a ceiling and a built-in ground to that viewership. Don Callis hops on and says, What does a built-in ground mean? Can Paul help you with these promos, please? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Don Callis. You know what? I thought he was annoying. till he did that, I go, Okay, I'm on board, Don Callis. I like it. Now I'm all for him. Everything that you just did right there, I'm like well, that that's whoo. So, do you think there's a real competition between both companies right now?
1: There's definitely competition. I think there's. I think that's objective. There's two companies trying to make money. You know, even though you could make the argument that Tony Khan doesn't need to worry about making money, he just needs to worry about having fun. But, you know, Adderall will do that to you. But besides that... Um,
0: Adderall's a hell of a drug. The thing, the thing <laughs> it's like is... the 2020 version of it.
1: The thing is... The, the ratings... I did see the ratings, and naturally, you know, I didn't write them down. Why would I do that? It's not like we're doing a podcast or anything. Um, I Smack- do the same thing. I go, huh, except I go, he'll have it. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Um, SmackDown did beat them in the ratings for Friday. Sure. Yeah, but, but, dude but but that's the point the that's, difference but that's what I'm going at there is a competition it is going to happen unless Vince is just not caring because he's just planning on selling but whoever he's selling to is gonna care so he needs to care now Um yeah, AEW hasn't quite gotten there. They, they definitely destroyed NXT. If it if it had stayed the way it was, especially with the rebranding, AEW would be blowing NXT out of the water. There's no doubt about that, especially with, let's be honest, in the last year, AEW has made significant strides, not just with the stars that they're signing, but just the way that they're formatting their show. There's still some things they need to fix or things that we're not crazy about, but for the most part, they've been up in their game. They've been delivering mm-hmm. a show you fucking want to watch. And now, with uh, just with Danielson being there, like you said, you can see he's happy.
0: Yeah. He's happy. Punk is legitimately Punk is just happy. ear to ear. Yeah. Like, it's...
1: Look, Listen to the words that we're saying. Yeah. CM happy. Punk is wrestling
0: yeah. and he's happy. See, in Weekly Cornette reference, you know, he's blasting that Punk is wasting his time with wrestling these younger guys and Whatever talent, mid card talent, on Rampage and things like that. I'm like, "Eh, here's the thing. He said he wanted to go back to pro wrestling, and there's that interview that Jim Ross did with him uh, right before All Out, and he said, "What's your goal here?" And Jim cut him off and even said, "I want to be the AEW champion. That's what you're supposed to say." And he goes, "But what are you here for?" And Punk goes, "It's kind of like the Eddie Guerrero thing. I'm here to to pass it on. I'm here to work with the guys." Now, he hasn't lost anything yet. He hasn't lost a match. So, facing your Hobbs, Saidal, Allen, uh, Garcia, what's wrong with it? There is absolutely nothing wrong with it. He's actually. You guys would be more pissed off if he came in and went right to the world title picture. Yeah. People would be pissed about that. You know, I'm like, it- I like exactly where he's at. And I actually like that Brian Danielson is going for the world title. I go, yep, that fits. If it was vice versa... I'd have an issue. Yeah. Now, it, it's funny that you did mention uh, Tony Khan. Uh, you know, he's he could just do whatever he wants with this whole thing with money. And I, I saw a great meme today. It was a picture of one of the Jaguars players just looking just baffled as shit. And it said, when your team is, oh, and whatever, um... Your owner doesn't give a shit about you, but it, meanwhile he's in the stands scribbling out his next pay per view on. It was on the a card for all out. It was the card for it, all or out. For full gear. Full gear. Yeah. 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 Y- yes. I. Yep. And when you look at it, it's funny because then the Eliminator tournament came out, and you see both sides of it. You go, "Yep," and that's where that one's coming from. And there's some questionable matches there, but I'm okay with it right now. Um, yeah. So he openly held that piece of paper. Then I was like, "Is he gonna troll people?" Is he? Did he do that on purpose? Come on, man! You had that right on the outside, but then when you look, he also circles Adam Hangman Page over Omega. So is, is he gonna win? That I hope not. I actually, I'm, I, I don't know. After his See? promo on Dynamite, I well, hang on. After his promo on Dynamite, I go, ah, I don't think you can be the guy right here, man. I'm like, you're too soft. It just, we'll get to that too. But um, the other matches that were on that full gear piece paper were. Punk versus Wardlow, which yeah, the only thing I get out of it is MJF has been feuding with Darby and Wardlow got involved with that. We see that Sting recently came out in, uh, on Dynamite. We will get to that as well. What if Sting gets taken out and someone needs to back up Darby? Punk steps in and that's how the Wardlow feud begins. Just That's just me taking a guess, you know, just throwing an idea out there. Um, but the other matches were Moxley versus Danielson. And it we, we did say MJF and Darby Allen. Tag team. Oh, my God. Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express. I go, you didn't have Luchas written any higher than that. You went with the Young Bucks match first. I'm like, you mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So those are a couple of the matches that were referenced. Uh, What do you want to add before I move on and start talking about Rampage and Dynamite? Because I'm already, I've like half referenced. Yeah, I mean,
1: I basically feel that's where we're headed anyway. I I don't know what it's going to take to turn the ties. Because I mean, I think, you know, yeah, I guess Roman's part, right? The hardcore fans, the ones that actually understand the history of wrestling, the ones that are excited, the ones who cheered for Bobby Eaton against Chris Jericho in 96, because they know who the hell Bobby Eaton is. And they don't is know who Chris Jericho something? is. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, you know, those are your hardcore fans. So, yeah, I guess maybe you're right. And listen, you can you can take Cornette's, you know, ideology too and say that yeah, a lot of them are just marks who are just, it's a thing. It's not that they care about wrestling. It's just a thing. I've met actually met a couple people like that. Time's going to tell. Right now, I think, between WWE just flailing in the wind, not knowing what to do at the mercy of, Vincent Kennedy McMahon versus Tony Khan, who is a smart mark with money. But the thing is, his talent are happy. And when you're happy at your job, you're good at your job. And Mm -hmm. these are some of the best in the world at their job. And we want to see it's
0: one thing I it's funny. The one thing I actually took a look at is when they did the announcement of the the tournament. If you look at moxley it says to be determined against his his uh, opponent and the way i look at that is i was like he's not even on the entire weekend i'm like so no moxley that weekend huh i go why didn't you just do the match and do you know what my first thought was i go cool good for him he could have a weekend off go home with renee see his kid i'm like you're working 52 weeks a year in the other business in the other company and if you take a week or two off, you lose your spot, as people say. Hey, man, we got enough to fill that we could take a week or two with you not being here. Your heat will be here. Your feud will be here. There's no reason you have to be here every week. It's not like you're... They, see, the WWE treats the audience like they're stupid, of course, by being like, well, if we're not showing you this feud each and every week and both guys are here every week, is it really happening? That being said, I was the WWF mark or hardcore fan base guy when nitro really started to kick it up a notch now it's totally different because nitro was or wcw was an already established business okay not the same as aew but they got they they got my attention and i wanted to pay attention because i was but i was a hardcore guy to that i became a little more open-minded with that being said if you have your hardcore guys right now for aew If I was Tony Khan, in any way, any channel, you can put a commercial out showing Jericho, Punk, uh, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, all the ex-WWE guys and show a Dynamite promo or something like that, but make it so worldwide. Do it in the middle of the freaking Super Bowl for all I care so that people go, wait, oh, shit, those guys are over there now? Just in case they didn't know. Dude. Just just an idea. What if? What if?
1: I wouldn't put it past AEW to have a Super Bowl spot. I hope they do. Dude.
0: Oh, you heard it first if I if I was right. Dude. Dude. Uh, I don't just hold on to the bloodline. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, NWA. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's major, man. That's huge. I could see that. That's a major shot right there if they pull that off.
0: Because besides the major shot of we're a, a, we're a wrestling company, you're also – Again, you got to show those guys that used to be there, or you're also showing some of the Lucha Brothers and things like that because what was the difference between WWF and WCW? Well, they had cruiserweight division over here, and it was all the guys doing the flippy stuff. But when you watch the Lucha Brothers version versus anything WWE does, which is what's the most Lucha thing they do now? Everybody does a torpe suicida.
1: They have a data team called uh, Lucha something, Lucha House Party. Oh my God, that's right. That's about as. Luchas and all as they of them want
0: it out of their contract because yep. they're they're like, oh my God, we are the worst type of luchas in the world. They're like, we're not. E-, like, well, we'll they don't get do there. We'll get,
1: get there you. too. That might that might it might go to somebody else now, but the, okay. um, the, the you could show uh, you the, you got to show the spot from Rochester where uh, Jungle Boy hits that Rana uh, coal off the apron. Show <laughs> that spot. That don't oh, get your attention. Absolutely. You're dead.
0: That's the point. Is that you're right? Man, go for it. Go for it, man. Do the Super Bowl commercial. Wow, that'd be hmm, tremendous. All right, we've hinted a little bit at everything. First, before we run <laughs> down the card, uh, before we run down the cards of what happened. Well, first, we'll talk about actually in order. Friday night, uh, Lee Moriarty, I think is his name. Or Moriarty, Moriarty is Moriarty. Okay, he uh, lost to Bobby Fish, so Bobby Fish picks up his first AEW win as a competitor, Again, another guy doesn't need to go to the main card, man. I love him as a mid card guy and eventually maybe a TNT title holder. And, and I mean, someone that could really perform some great matches if he's wrapped in bubble wrap, um, <laughs> but in the main event match, a near 20, 25 minute match between Suzuki and Danielson crowd went nuts. I, I know that you watched it because obviously it was on freaking YouTube. Uh, easiest way. It's like, God, man, if anything could have been that easy ever for all matches. And it's like, do you think he was pissing? Do you think Khan is pissing it away? Like people are like, well, that's kind of like when they gave Hogan and Goldberg away for free. I'm like, no, it's not. This is a really cool match to watch, but it would have been great to see on pay-per-view. But the fact that you were able to pull it off in Miami before a main event or before your main show for the night and not main show, but your show for the night on YouTube. That's awesome. I'd like to see what the numbers are on that from that night alone. Uh, But the effing forearm from Suzuki. Oh, yeah. When one hit knocks Danielson down. Woo! Dude, chops were amazing. Again, we talked about it. Look, at Danielson was having fun in the ring.
1: But, yeah, one of my favorite spots was the kick spot where Suzuki was basically saying, kick me kick me.
0: And he kept going down yeah. and back up like the Undertaker, barely uh, barely going down, then then Danielson kind of returned the same uh thing cuz he was taking some kicks to the chest and kind of, you know, hulking up if you will.
1: So, uh the buy-in, so the match doesn't doesn't look like they've separated just his match. So you can okay. just watch that on AEW's uh, but on AEW's YouTube page, the buy-in, uh 925,000 views. So close to a million. Okay, not that's bad. Not bad at all.
0: But that's lifetime views right now, right?
1: Yeah, that's two day. It's been two days.
0: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you yeah, from know what I'm recording mean? here, that's true. You know, speaking of, it is you know a Monday. We always record on a Monday. Things are going on tonight. I don't know, man. What do, do you think we do? Do we do we dare do it?
1: Hit the music.
0: The bills make me wanna Show! kick your heels up and Show! throw your hands up and Show! throw your head back. And even know if we're supposed to be able to respond one way or another so (laughs) onward we go uh and man can i ask you how pissed off are you that dynamite okay saturday night i'm excited here we go we get to watch a saturday night dynamite first of all uh dan lambert is that his name yeah with men of the year yeah i wow those are some strong booze that i almost thought possibly were piped in but no man he was that was some deep dark booze um but going down the list first, Malachi Black defeats Dante Martin with Leo Rush at the ringside, and now Leo Rush and Dante are going to be a tag team. But Dante does not really seem happy that he's going to be in a tag team with him. To me, I'm like, oh, that's a cool team. I'm kind of excited to see them as a team. Uh, Jurassic Express is being interviewed by Tony Schiavone, and. They go, yeah, no, we, we definitely took a beating last week, and he, and he goes, I'm surprised, Luchas, this Jungle Boy goes, I'm surprised, Luchasaurus can walk after that huge triple power bomb that he had to take, which is the botch. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> wait, a-. I'm like, okay, I take that little dick. because look at if, if the Bucks are gonna make fun of it on being the elite, you might as well as as well do it too. But then they double down and did it. they ambush him again and actually do this triple power bomb through a table this time uh, in the back. Then again, that American top team and inner circle promo goes off. We're probably going to get a five on five match now that Santana and Ortiz are a little more involved. And so is Sammy Guevara at first. The only man who talked was Santana and he had that crowd fired up from one second in because of he, he spoke something in Spanish being right there in Miami. The crowd went absolutely apeshit. I go, excellent choice because Again, the WWE road would have been you start with your main guy and then work your way, right? You would have started technically with Jericho every time. I'm like, nope, way to give it to him. And Ortiz just stood there looking badass. I Oh, I loved to, it. it. He it really right turned me.
1: He was right at the front of the ring, too, just in case anybody came in. He would be the first one on him.
0: Yep. Dude, yeah, you turned me badass. a fan of them so much, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. So then I wanted to text you. I kept reading Andrade is going to have some guys who are going to be his tag team partners. <laughs> and everybody online was absolutely convinced it was AOP. Oh, I was going to text you and say, what if it was the Los Conquistadores? Oh, Jesus. And it was the Bucks. I thought maybe it would be the Young Bucks because they lost the titles um, to the Lucha Brothers. Maybe it would be some way, uh, whatever, right? To, to get back in... In vengeance with them or revenge, but it wasn't the young bucks, it wasn't los conquistadors, but it was las superranas defeated the lucha brothers. I think they took their masks off too early.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I think they should have waited until they pinned them after they did like their move, and people could have been half into it. But Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, FTR are your new Triple A tag team champions. Ending a 28-month reign by the Lucha Brothers. 28 months. I'm going to say that again. 28 months. And you drop it to FTR. To me, I'm like, that is so weird. But then I go, wait a second. Do you have any idea how cool that is for FTR as an all-time tag team? You've been NXT, WWE, AEW, and now AAA tag team champions. Not many tag teams can say they've done that. That just leaves Japan. Ooh, Man, they would do tremendous over there. And we're going to talk about Japan in just a couple of minutes. Um, Serena Deeb did a promo in the back. She is a badass person now, basically. And the best thing is after her promo and, you know, Hukira Shida and her kind of fight, Punk goes, man, she looks great with hair. <laughs> Look at Punk was on fire on the on commentary again. Cornette being great. like, Oh, he's being wasted. I love listening to him on commentary. Go back to 2002 to 2005 Ring of Honor. More than half of the shows, he either did commentary before or after matches. Sometimes yeah. it was he's tremendous. Um, John Moxley had a squash match basically against Wheeler Yuta, um, which is understood because. Only about less than a week before he had a, or actually one week before, he had a match with Nick Gage in GCW where he retained the GCW title. Oh, my God. Did you match. see
1: the still photo? Of his back? No. His There's, front? A, there's Somebody his took face. a picture that the, time, <laughs> the timing was absolutely perfect. Moxley's seated in the corner, and he had a bunch of light tubes laid up against him, and Gage just kicks it in. But the thing is, the way the picture is taken is it's taken at the point where you can't see Moxley's face or shoulders. All you see is the white from Ugh. the glass exploding. Like, that's all you see. It's fucked up.
0: It was. Uh, and Renee tweeted so I'm, something. I'm gonna, yeah. It, if you haven't watched it, it's on YouTube. Just look for that match. It's, it's kind of disturbing. It's I, I can't really get into that stuff anymore, man. Ah, kids, damn it. It's just really not know. for me. But anyway. <laughs> um, Goddamn Jezebel light bulbs. The uh, the super click, Adam Cole and Young Bucks defeat Dark Order, Uno, Reynolds, and Silver. And you know the same move that Bucks always do where when uh, Adam Cole has whatever opponent in the camel clutch, both Bucks give him a kiss on the cheek. Well, in this match... Reynolds and Silver gave the kiss on the cheek to Cole, and he was a little surprised at first. It was kind of funny how they, they turned the table for a second. Um, MJF, as you heard in the beginning of our show today, another stellar promo. But this time, as I alluded to earlier, as he's trying to get a count out, Sting comes out, and MJF powders to the back. Anna Jay and Britt Baker promo. Basically, as soon as Britt walked on the screen, the crowd went apeshit. Even though she was backstage, they went nuts. And they're going to have a match, I think, coming up in a week. Penelope Ford, Kara Hogan, yada, 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 Ruby Riot. Eh. <laughs> I, it was okay without that. But um, you know what's funny is that you can do whatever you want in AEW. You could be yourself. When Ruby Riot got out of the ring, she did this weird, stupid shimmy, like head bobbing thing or something like that. Right. I'm like, she would have been in trouble for doing that in WWE. Like stay on script, Ruby Riot wouldn't do that. Soho, Ken. <laughs> it's funny when we say Soho, I'm always like I want to <laughs> be like I r- wrote Ru- <laughs> like Riho.
1: <laughs>
0: and it's funny, you did write Ruby I Riot write out here it. too. I'm seeing that. But this was the wa wa moment of dynamite more than the women's match hangman pages promo he couldn't even get the crowd into it man like other than you know getting a mass cowboy shit chant started just fell flat to me and i'm like well now i want kenny to definitely retain um kenny's coming up if he retains this he's gonna be champion for a full a full year by december
1: absolutely i uh my problem with this is I think it was an issue of delivery. I don't This is what I'm talking about, right? We did this whole sad cowboy alcoholic, you know, tragic figure thing. And now he comes back and he realizes, you know, cowboy shit's not about drinking whiskey and stumbling around and being this tragic figure. It's you're a badass and you can, you know, you kick ass and it's nothing wrong with having a beer after the match. That's not part of your overall character it's just a gimmick right Right. and it's understandable austin did it so you know you're not exactly copying austin you just go up to the crowd give me a beer buddy let me have a beer yeah just kick that guy's ass that's cowboy shit right this seems like they're really trying to force cowboy shit and it's not being genuine Mm -hmm. that's what the problem is i like the idea i like where they're headed the execution failed
0: they should have turned the like you said the cowboy shit i think that if he came back and was in just like you, just a hundred percent what you just said, you know, he owns up. You know what? What I was doing before wasn't right. I'm here to kick some ass first. Then I'll drink a beer later. I'll drink some whiskey, you know. And I, you know, I, I've seen some funny memes online. I'm like, you know, who? One of the best ones ever. Who did that? James Storm. He was good at that. How they did that cowboy drinking thing. And I'm like, the more I look at it, I'm like, they're kind of taking that from him. So I think Page needs to. Get away from all of that, but you strip him down, he talks in the ring. I was like, That eh? oh, was okay. You know, I was like, hey, wait, hang on from, from this movie's uh this movie's quote here. Uh hey, easy, man. Slow down. Are you trying to get us all fired?
1: <laughs> That's my first day.
0: <laughs> I know. John Lovitz. Oh man, can we just talk about that? Hang on, I'll feed you one. Let's see if you get it. Hey. You see that lady over there in red? Say hi to her and she's yours. She'll have her legs around you so tight you'll be begging for mercy.
1: I'll be sure to stay away from her.
0: (laughs) Thank God I knew you were going to get that one. That's one of the best things. And then later on, $187? (laughs) Yeah, they really screw you, don't they? Okay, so uh how do you want it? Uh three dimes, a hundred dollar bill, and 87 ones. One. What about, two. What about <laughs> when he eats the caviar and he starts <laughs> gagging. <laughs> oh, or man. the mini uh the mini on the corn on the cob that's you know, we're talking about last week's movie where they were in some like what, turquoise or not, it was like an orange and yeah, t- Blue turquoise. Blue, white. Yeah. yeah. Tuxedos. Uh, Tuxedos. Top hats. This is the original all-white here in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Tom right. Hanks goes old school. You mean spend the night? Yeah. I'm on top. <laughs> Actually, you know what? ODM, there is one thing I do want to say to you. I know that you absolutely love hockey, but I'm better at video game hockey. <laughs> it's more about hand-eye coordination.
1: It's not a sport unless you sweat.
0: Golf's a sport and you don't sweat.
1: (laughs) It's not a sport if you let the machine do all the work.
0: A race car is a machine. That's a sport. Let's go. (laughs) I love it. Dude, that's one of the best. I'm glad we actually. Wow. All these unrehearsed things. See, you know, we talked. like, This may not be a great quotable movie. It's a goddamn classic. All right. Before we have some other things that we got to bring to the docket today, there is one thing I want to talk about. We brought it up like. I don't know, 18 weeks ago and haven't really talked about it since. (laughs) But the end of the G1 Climax is here, and it is this week. Now, earlier today, Kota Ibushi defeated Kenta in the main event, and he is now the Block A winner. And for the fourth year in a row, he is headed to the G1 Finals. I believe the last two years, he's won the G1 Classic, if I'm not mistaken. Fell short one year for the title. The next year, he actually won and walked away after him and Jay White last year. Because they had two nights of Wrestle Kingdom last year. And WWE said, we're going to do that with WrestleMania. Let's see if they double down this year. (laughs) Dear God, no. New Japan said, we're going three days. I think basically their New Year's Dash, which is usually pretty celebrated. It's kind of like the Raw after Mania. Yes, yes. They're just turning it into that. Right. Um, they're going to do two nights at the Tokyo Dome, the 4th and the 5th of January, and then at the Yokohama Arena. Yokohama is actually where uh, Kenta and Abushi just had their match. But as of today, as you're listening to this live right now, earlier this morning... Kazuchka Okada and Jeff Cobb faced off in the finals of the B block. Here's the deal. Okada needs the win. If he pins Cobb, he moves on to the finals. If Cobb wins or they just get a draw, they go to the time limit. Cobb moves on. It has to do with who you've beaten in your uh, your block. Jeff fucking Cobb, dude. You know, you of all people, this is, you know, again, you know, calling things long in advance. You said this is the place he needs to be is New Japan. He's going to fit in very well there. It's funny because if you look at AEW's all time roster, he's actually technically a part of it because he did two shows. Um, But he is really on the New Japan roster and has been doing great. The dream match, of course, is always going to be Ibushi and Okada, right, going in the finals. And they think they get 60 minutes in the finals, but only 30 between Okada and Cobb. What are your thoughts, man? Who goes to the finals Who and who wins? I'm kind of curious. Yeah, oh, was... and by the way, the finals are tomorrow night, Thursday. Well, which would be tomorrow night, this morning, whatever, or tomorrow morning, whatever you want to call it when it comes to uh Japan versus USA time. Uh but that'll be tomorrow night is the final. So who is it? Who's facing Ibushi? This is a tough
1: one, man, cuz I could see it going either way. I guess the biggest question is is Cobb there yet?
0: Is Cobb there yet? Really? He really? could be if you if you give him that push.
1: If you do. So here's my thing. I could see it going either way and the fact that they have it set up that Cobb can win get, advance with a win or a draw. Okada doesn't have to lose and Cobb goes to the finals and then Abushi
0: wins. That's kind of the scenario I think I'm seeing. I think yeah. it gives Cobb a really good rub to have pinned Okada or go 30 minutes with Okada. Draw. I think it'd be a draw. Do the draw. And it shows you could hang with Okada. Okada couldn't pin you. You have story down the road. And you know how New Japan is. I mean, they'll wait six months before they even bring that part up again and be like, the last time they met. Because they're smart with how they do their matches. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see how this one plays out. I think it'll be Ibushi heading into Wrestle Kingdom, most likely with a briefcase. But whoever beat Ibushi along the way can have the chance to take the uh, briefcase, which we've also seen in the past. So who knows? But it's funny. Every week we always have certain segments, and you know that we have one that has to do with uh, bringing things to a particular four-legged uh, house object. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Just bring it, bitch! It's not what I was trying to say. I was just trying to say, normally, we're ready and prepared for the week, but apparently, you didn't put anything in there. Are you just not doing work this week, or you got some surprise or something for me?
1: Oh, no. You know, I like to have fun with it, and ultimately, I got confused when you put your thing in my line. I was like, does he want me to talk about this? So, uh, uh, no. Here's uh, your bring it to the table. Do this. (laughs) Do my homework. (laughs) No, I, I like to keep it fresh, man. And listen, you know... I've been very – I've taken a lot of liberties with this segment because, listen, it's about having fun and and just having a discussion. But it's kind of wrestling-related because it's related to our podcast. Um, My bringing to the table is Nick Opelouski. Nick, if you are indeed indeed a real person, if you are indeed a real person and not some Russian bot, and you're actually listening to this podcast – I want you to listen to me. <laughs> I want you to listen to me. We've gotten about a half a dozen messages from you, and I swear to God, every message, you just copied the previous one and pasted it and sent it.
0: But we've it sounds engaged a little different you. sometimes. We,
1: we've engaged you. We've engaged you, so we we we've responded. We actually gave you a shout-out in an earlier episode, probably season one. Uh, We did
0: did an episode because he requested (laughs) Saturday (laughs) night's main event.
1: (laughs) No, we do not have WWE Network because it doesn't exist anymore. We have Peacock, and yes, we do. Uh, If if you have an idea for the show, let us know. But here's the deal. If you're messaging us that much and just putting the effort into copy and paste, I want you to listen to what I have to say right now. Okay, listen. I'm going to give you a number. That number is 524 524 I want you to private message our page, and if you private message us with five two four five two four, we will engage you, and we will have a healthy discussion. You can talk about your cats. You can talk about Saturday night's main event. You can talk about the fucking I don't know. I don't give a fuck. I tried well, to come up with something with it, it didn't work, but option eight. Yeah, you can push option eight. It's not going to get you much, but Stop spamming us with the Yo, same fucking As soon as you said his name over. I just lost it. I knew you but were going to. It's
0: not like it's it's a bot that's like, "Hey, what are you up to, baby?" like random, you know, somebody. <laughs> you hey, up? This one's like, "Hey, do you guys have uh the Peacock network, not Peacock. Do you have the WWE network? Would you guys be willing to do an episode on this?" Yeah, dude, we did one. You didn't even write back after I did that whole thing. Yeah, it's a weird bot, man. I don't know if it's a bot. Whatever you are, be Thanks. Hey, man. Wow, good good topic. Text message us the number and we'll talk. That is awesome. <sighs> My bringing to the table this week is a little more sad. It is well, really sad. It was this week's dark side of the ring, and it was about the many faces of Luna Vashan. Um, just finding out how she was adopted by Mad Dog, is beyond crazy. Did you get to see this episode, by the way? No, not yet. I'm behind. Okay. Um, I don't have cable, so. He was at, like, a hotel. and Mad Dog was at a hotel, and he heard a gunshot go off. Lifted his head up, looked around, didn't see anything. Goes back to sleep. Gets a knock on the door. It was a woman, all frantic. She said, my husband shot himself. And he goes and then walks and then I he walks in and sees her daughter. that was Luna. And from that moment on, that was his kid. I was like, Ooh, holy shit. So, and I think like Luna saw this at like four or five years old. Um, the amount of shit that we, she went through, you know, because she was trying to be a wrestler and we want you to be a valet. Look what happened when she came over with, uh, to be with Bam Bam Bigelow the first time. Then she was with Goldust and that weird setup there's a couple of really good moments in this documentary piece, or whatever you want to call it. Medusa, Alundra Blaze, uh, she was probably like, you know how they always have like the guest interview person that is like highlighted the most, right? Or like you know like when when it was Pelman, it was Melanie. She did a lot of talking. Um, uh, Medusa did a lot of talking, and she said that. They were in Canada, and she didn't like how and Vachance, being from Canada, they're like gods in Canada. Um, that's what McFoley. he was one of the big people talking on this. But Alundra was like, I can't believe they're doing this to you. I'm the champion. She goes, I'm laying down tonight. I'm laying down. Pin me. And she goes, I don't want them to fire you. She goes, fuck it. Do it. Just do it. We're in your home country. Just do it. She goes, it's the right thing to do. And she's like, she's like I, I don't want you to get in trouble. Luna being the pro, she is, man. One, two, she jumped her body off. And she didn't. And Alundra goes, she didn't do it. I wanted her to. And I was like, wow, that would have been way more talked about, man. Like a going into business for yourself thing. I'm like, that almost happened. That's kind of crazy. But the other moment is that everyone loved the moment at WrestleMania 14 when it was Luna and Goldust versus Mark Marrow and Sable. Well... In that, she has... It, Luna made Sable look like a million dollars. And when she came through the curtain, Vince and everybody were like, Great job! Oh my god, you did such a good job! She goes, and I felt... in Luna felt an overwhelming uh, presence. She was like, that's so cool. She looks up, and they completely looked right over her head and handed flowers and everything to Sable. And then... Uh, who was it? McFoley said that he went into the dressing room, saw her bawling, and she's like, They don't appreciate what I do. And I'm like, That is so sad. And, you know, she she died like many of, of uh, the wrestlers in the earlier days. I mean, we hear of Jake Roberts. We hear of all that stuff that, you know, the, the Jesus Christ, the past he went through, right? That, that, the, yeah. Grizzly all Smith. Those. Yeah. Thank you. I couldn't think of his name. Um, Luna's no different had a past had a lot of demons had a lot of depression and like a lot of the wrestlers in that time filled it up with uh Quaaludes, coke anything they can get their hands on at that time and that's and that's literally quotes from this dark side of the ring too um real sad interview man but it would also um in the UWF days this is when she got one of her biggest first starts the it was UWF, yeah. She was in a stable that was with Kevin Sullivan and Woman, and they show you this part where Luna has half of her head shaved. When they did it, it was like one of the very first times they had it shaved, and they or I, it was like yeah, mostly shaved. And they go, "She's doing this to give her purity to us, to give." And I was like, "Holy shit, that's like." Straight Edge Society. I'm like, I wonder if Punk maybe went all the way back to the early days of Kevin Sullivan, but she maybe. was a part yeah. of a little crew with them. Thought that was really awesome. And then again, yeah, she gets to WWF and they just treat her like a manager, man, just like they did to Sherry Martel. Martel could go, and you guys didn't do anything with her. I mean, barely. The most wrestling she did was what against Sapphire. You know what I mean? Like it, that's it. Yeah. Like when it came to it, or little bits with like. Liz or things like that, but yeah, it was unfortunate. So that being said, if you haven't checked it out, please check out the Luna Vashon Dark Side of the Ring. Next week, speaking of bringing things to the table, we will hear from Nightwing himself. I'm sure it's probably going to be something about Naomi joining the bloodline, but (laughs) I love you, brother. Bragger. But. Something that happened exactly 25 years ago today was a pay-per-view. Let's discuss that. Let's discuss what happened the following day, because ladies and gentlemen, it's time to take our trip in the DeLorean 2. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? What, we become assholes or something? Give me a hell Yeah! want a war you're gonna get me Mick Foley is going to win their world title has been paid for by the new world order come on vince step into the ring my god the battle lions have been drawn the generation x invades wcw tonight austin 316 says i just whipped your ass have a nice day you know, ODM, the one of the biggest things about Monday Night Wars for me is that you just listen to Liz. I mean, that's all That's all it's been recently in the last couple of weeks is how she's been breaking Randy's heart. I mean, she spent the last three months writing her name down as a married name. It's either Mrs. Elizabeth Savage, Mrs. Randy Savage, Miss First Lady of Wrestling Elizabeth Savage, sometimes with a hyphen, sometimes without a hyphen. Sometimes she spells the hyphen. <laughs> it worked. You're welcome. It worked. it
1: worked. It worked. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you.
0: It was a touch of a a drag, but come on. It was the best way I could bring uh, her character in. That's one of my favorite ones. That's one of my favorite lines. The Sometimes with a hyphen, sometimes without a hyphen. <laughs> sometimes she spells the hyphen. I love that whole line. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Let's run down. What were the results from October 20th, 1996, which was In Your House Buried Alive? One of the longest ending segments I've ever seen to a pay-per-view. And then we will talk about what fouled from Monday. Yeah. Break it down.
1: Well, it's funny because we got two-thirds of the Fabulous Freebirds in this episode. Uh, we start with a hype package for Buried Alive. We get McMahon, Lawler, and JR in commentary. The whole gag for the whole like first third of the show is that JR's mic. First, he doesn't have a mic. And then when he finally gets mm-hmm. the headset, it cuts in and out. They just basically fuck with the sound the whole time. Uh, At first it was kind of humorous because like Jr. did his best to get pissed off, but you could
0: tell that he wasn't. It
1: was just it was what it was. It was, you know,
0: it's it's funny because knowing what we know now, he hated doing the whole thing. But it's like I kind of when you listen to it, I'm like right in front of you, they have little black boxes that your headphones are plugged into and you have a dropout mic or mute. Right. Cough, you button. cough, things like that. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I felt like he was the one that just kept pressing it. Because at one point he was like, hey, hey, Stone Cold. Uh, uh, well, uh, and, then they were, and
1: then they were like changing it. Then they made it sound like he was in a tin can for a while. So they definitely got fucked
0: Oh, that now. was a good one. That was, yeah. it sounded like he was on the phone. Like when someone calls in on the road or something like that. That's what he sounded. Like. It was horrible. Yeah. But a lot of. Owner of the WWF references. Well he keeps
1: yeah. hitting yeah.
0: hard, but one of my favorite JR lines of the night is in the opening match. JR or Vince says to JR Well, oh, I heard a lot of your comments this morning on superstars. Jim Ross says, Yeah, did you learn how to call a match? Did you find out what a move is called? And I go, Woo, woo, woo. I was like, that's real. <laughs> Oh,
1: my God. It was fucking great. Yeah, no, it was good. So uh, this was a card subject to change night. Uh, oh, my God.
0: It was such a weird card.
1: Farouk was Farouk was supposed to. Yeah, Farouk was supposed to take on Mero for the IC title. Uh, but Ahmed Johnson showed up and attacked him on free for all. So now it's Goldust versus Mero for the title. Savio Vega was supposed to be taking on Triple H. Now Stone Cold's facing him. So that's our opening match. Triple H versus Stone Cold. This is, they never mention this in any of the documentaries, ever. This is the night that Stone Cold was born. This is the first night the Broken Skull music played. Oh. Yep. He had the vest on, which he's had for a little while, but this is, he was full tilt modern day Stone Cold Austin tonight. This is the night Stone Cold was born.
0: No, I not obviously. Why against another heel? What? Because It they was scrambled. such a weird thing. They really scrambled. Something happened. No... I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know what happened to Vega. You could have Vega, made a but...
0: triple threat or a, or a four-way out of the Intercontinental title match. You could have had options. You did not explore oh, yeah. options. I'm just saying it was weird to see heel versus heel for an opening match on a pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, it was not televised.
0: Or I'm sorry, not uh I uh, advertised. Uh, Advertise. Yeah, it was, it was like promo. <laughs> it was just weird, but that's just me.
1: Yeah, it, it, it was weird. Uh Perfect comes out to steal the valley again and Austin runs down Perfect. Uh Perfect pulls Austin off the apron. Austin throws uh pop or water in Perfect's face. Uh Perfect in the valley leave uh, he's about to hit the pedigree, but then he decides to go after perfect. Austin jumps Triple H on the ramp, ends up hitting the stunner, and got an actually pretty decent pop. Um, but, yeah, this is the turning point, in my opinion. And then Triple H was, like, drooling after the match. It was really weird.
0: That was weird. I saw that, too. Yeah. I was like, Ugh. Um But besides <laughs> that, <laughs> we're pushing because it's perfect versus Triple H tomorrow night on Raw. Yes. And what we'll, we'll, we've been waiting for Um I, and, you know, I told you a couple of weeks ago, I knew everything that was leading to everything. I knew what was happening. And when I watched how everything was playing out, even all of this made all the more sense. Everything was just. This was good stuff. I felt like WWE was like, OK, you know what? WCW is actually going to stick around. I thought they would die after a day. Uh, we should probably <laughs> do some shit. The two days worth of stuff they do here has made up for probably a lackluster, shitty summer. Because other than the boiler room brawl, I think everybody everything else has just been crap all yeah, summer. Yeah, it hasn't for been WWF. very good. WCW's been on fire. So, let's see how they respond. But, yeah, what, what else happened with this uh, pay-per-view? So,
1: we got a recap of the Smoking Guns versus Owen and Bulldog, you know, and Sonny left. Um, Doc Hendricks is back with the guns and Billy's focused on Sonny, while Bart's getting frustrated because they just want to get the titles back. So, we get the rematch. Uh, JR, Owen oh, got a haircut. Figured I'd point that out.
0: (laughs) I caught that one. Even I was like, huh? Like I know he's supposed to be being whatever, but even I was like, what? Okay. Yeah, point that out. (laughs) Such an old man thing.
1: Bulldog botched a tag twice. Owen went to tag him and Bulldog just came into the ring. So they reset and set up the spot again, and the same exact thing happened. Owen goes to tag him and Bulldog just gets in the ring. I'm like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? You started in a tag team, goddammit. My favorite part of the night. Well, my, not my favorite. My favorite Lawler part of the night. They show Sonny watching the match backstage. Typical WWE fashion, so you can see the TV, you can get a profile of the person, but they're still looking at the TV. They were a lot better at that Nike angle back in the day. Yeah, looking
0: all the way to the left.
1: Yeah. Lawler on Sonny. Oh, baby, come out here and wink. I'll do the rest. <laughs>
0: whoa. Whoa, whoa. 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 I think I missed that line. This is why we do this together.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bart, uh, again, knocks Billy off the apron inadvertently and uh, Bulldog stalks for the interference for the finishing move, which was pretty cool. Uh, Silly, but cool. Uh, And, you know, they retain, and Sonny's applauding backstage, which is, okay, she was rooting against the guns. Hooray! Um, uh, We get the superstar line promo, which is Triple H and some random guy on the phone. You can hear Austin in the background cutting a promo on whoever he's talking to on the phone. And they do reference option eight, (laughs) which is fucking great. It was fucking great. Hey, go back. It's the name of an episode. I know. Uh, We get JR in the ring. He's putting McMahon down again, talking about cutting his mic out on purpose. And tomorrow it's going to. Tomorrow on Raw, Brett's going to be live. Uh, and It's all because of JR. He went down to see uh, Brett in South Africa. Did you? And this is where he definitely says, uh, he, he openly mention, mentions Vi, uh, Vince owning WWF. Um,
0: well, how he does it first is he goes, well, I, I was in South Africa. Were you, Vince? And, you? Yeah. and he goes, okay. And Vince goes, yes, you were in South Africa. It, it was really funny. But then he goes, uh, "How? do you have the exact wording as to how he references... Vince as the owner.
1: I don't have that in there.
0: However, he says it he, before he goes to leave. He goes, and here, I'll, I'll let the owner of the uh, of this place see if he can call commentary and, any better. And then throws the mic right and, at Vince. Yeah, and, and Vince, Vince caught catches it. it. Yeah. Good job, and Vince. Vince goes, he called himself <laughs> Vince. He goes, good catch, Vince. Which I thought was funny. And I was like, but he completely no sold the owner of the company thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think well, most people just went right over their head. They're like, well, cerebral palsy is maybe throwing him off. I don't think he knows <laughs> what he's talking Jesus about. Christ. Is that
1: the name <laughs> of the episode? Cerebral palsy throwing him off. Um, well, which is cerebral hilarious. Cerebral palsy flare up. Which is t- funny because tomorrow Vince is going to do the opposite. Well, tomorrow on Raw, Vince is going to do the opposite. He's going to completely sell being the owner. Uh, Kevin Kelly's got an interview with Farouk on Free For All and then one without med that leads up to the attack. Um, then we get Gold Dust versus Marrow for the IC title. Uh, Mr. Perfect is with Jim Ross on the ramp. Perfect joins commentary. Hey, the headset mysteriously works. Look at that. Uh, he calls out Austin. Co- Gold Dust asks for a mic in the middle of the match like he often does, just cuts a promo and then tosses the mic back and continues the match. Um, Lawler with his second zinger of the night says, Gold Dust is only here because of the don't ask, don't tell policy. They proceed to tell a lot of Bill Clinton jokes after that one. Uh, Goldust tries to jump Mr. Perfect. Uh, Goldust gets a fist, chases down Triple H. Yeah, man. Mero hits a shooting star press, retains. Perfect's in the ring celebrating with Mero. There you go. The cringe segment of the show. The AOL segment with the two nerds on the laptops with Razor and Diesel standing behind them. Fantastic. I hope you didn't pay for that one. Uh and we get Psycho Sid versus Psycho Sid versus Vader. Uh this was uh, billed as the Battle of the Power Bombs. Uh Cornette was pissed off that uh, Sid was using Vader's move, the power bomb. The <laughs> winner of this match gets a title shot against HBK. Uh comes down Who's to the a ring. commentary. Commentary shakes yep, Sid's hand before the match. Uh Cornett gets in and uh Shawn Michaels' face, steals his handkerchief, blows his nose with it uh vader goes right after hbk he ducks He's so goddamn witty yeah i know right you, you can't write this <laughs> shit oh you have to hire writers for that um sid wins with a quick choke slam it's underwhelming but it's a sid match so yep, what do you it expect? sure was yep and uh they they shake hands uh after the match hbk and Sid, and then there's pyro for some reason uh let's see we get uh, we get a quick new york city survivor series promo then this this is better than both of Lawler's comments, I think, and better than the JR thing, because this is more of a hat tip to Vince owning the company right here. Doc Hendricks is backstage, and he's basically supposed to be selling S- Survivor Series, and Vince just cuts him off. He's like, "Oh, you got it. You you didn't. Well, you didn't get. I I was getting there, Vince. Well, you didn't get there quick enough, pal." And and Doc just goes, <laughs> he makes a face. <laughs> it was so great. <laughs> but that didn't even end there because then what happens then we get doc with sid jr steps in and i gotta say it was cool because jr took that more national inquirer stance of like i'm not gonna law i'm not gonna they were softball questions obviously but he was like more in your face like you got it you may face your friend what are you gonna do all this sid couldn't say fulfill (laughs) i'm gonna fulfill i'm gonna get the belt (laughs)
0: See, nowadays, oh. that right there cost you your championship match. <laughs> there, Vince is like, let's push them to Survivor Series. Hey, but do you know what we get at Survivor Series? Oh, Coming up in 96 Survivor Series, one of my favorite things, Vlad's going to be there. Yep. Oh, absolutely. I remember
1: it well. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, so we get our main event. It's the Buried Alive match. Um, Video package recapping the feud was pretty cool. Uh, it's just, I think it, 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 hit less just because we've been watching the promos week to week. So, you know, kind of lost a little bit of its luster, but still good. Still good. Uh, bear gets a, a, a bear gives mankind an object at some point. They never really go over what it is. It looked like a coffin nail. It looked like a really thick nail. Uh, I could be wrong though. I have no idea. um, Bear hits Taker with the urn at one point, no-sells it. Mankind then hits him with the chair. Uh, Taker does get rolled into the grave at some point, but as Mankind starts to grab the shovel, Taker pulls him in. They brawl a little bit. They get back out.
0: That was kind of a cool spot. They went back and forth. The back and forth to the ring in this match. Pissed me off. It was too much. The point of the match is to bury someone. You don't even have to pin him in the ring and bring him back. Even though Mankind did go for a pin twice, actually. Yes. But... Like, there's been matches where, like, you have to do something like that and bring them to a place, something like that. But they kept going back to the ring way too many times, and it was bothering me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to fast forward to only the parts where they go to the fucking dirt. This is really killing me. <laughs> yeah, right? It was. I, I didn't like this match for them, to be honest with you. Out of all mankind and taker matches, not one of my favorites.
1: No, and the ending had potential, but it was got blown, and we'll get into that right now. Uh,. The cool spot was that Taker did choke slam M- Mankind in the grave, which I thought was a cool spot. Uh, Hebner tries to stop Taker after he's starting to bury him, and Undertaker throws Hebner off the fucking mound of dirt, which was pretty nasty looking. Crowd uh, popped hard for that. And then we get a uh, quite possibly one of the most iconic figures ever in wrestling history. It's the executioner. Man it was at WrestleMania one. The executioner, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's number two of the fabulous Freebirds that showed up that night. Um, yep. so, uh, yeah, high moment for him, uh, digs mankind out. They will take her and we get lightning and thunder and then gold dust crush triple H and Justin Hawk Bradshaw come out to help. People are hucking drinks. You heard the sound of, of ice, like in, in, in plastic cups, nonstop for like five minutes. Um, so as they're took, piling
0: on dirt, they're also piling on trash from inside y- yep, of this arena. Yep. Yep. Uh, It
1: took forever, which is why you're most drawn out. It's probably why you see bulldozers and later buried alive matches because it took forever. And we all know how this ends. Uh, The thunder starts again. Everybody except mankind bearing the executioner leaves. Lightning hits the grave. Taker's hand comes up through the grass and we get Vince. He's alive. He will not rest in peace.
0: All the guys they uh all those guys together because they were heels, they all went to uh to GW, George Washington. Did you pledge? Yes, every morning. <laughs> <laughs> ay, ay, ay. You you missed a couple numbers on your social security number. <laughs> One two. I don't remember what you said. I think it doesn't need to go twelve. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, something like that.
1: Yes, because he goes oh, one, uh, two yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um now it was very <laughs> it was a very lackluster just pay per view altogether. It was not fun to watch. Gotta be honest with you. I was like, eh, all right. But but you asked me who had a better show between Raw and Nitro. For the first time in several weeks, I can officially tell you Raw to me had the more interesting show of the week. Yeah. Run it down. Yeah. Oh, okay, go ahead.
1: You know, well, no, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get there. Uh, so, you know, f- funny, you talked about Hangman's promo. We're going to talk about Brett's promo. Um, oh, my we, God. We, we get a Brett package to start the episode uh, about his losing the title's the absence and Mr. Perfect's return. We open with Psycho Sid versus Owen Hart. Uh, there's a Pillman is God sign, there's a hump his face gold dust sign. <laughs> That was a good one. (laughs) Bulldog comes down, tries to attack Sid. We get a reversal. Uh, Owen's working the leg the whole time. Uh, We get the superstar line, the Ross Report, why Sid will be the next champ. Uh, There was a taker sighting earlier. Uh, And Bulldog interferes. What do you expect? Uh, HBK makes the save, and him and Sid shake hands, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, We get a buried alive recap, and then we get the smoking guns versus the Godwins. Uh, Guess what happened? Bart knocked Billy off the apron, and the Godwins win. They're still te- teasing that consent right or dissent right there. <laughs> consent? I'm like, ooh, well, what's going to happen there? <laughs> yeah, <keep laughs> this watching. week on
0: the Young and Restless yeah. of WWF.
1: That, that was the sunny part. <laughs> uh, we get a Hall of Fame package spot. Pat Patterson He's going to go in. Superfly Snooker. Oof. Uh, and then Vincent J. McMahon, who's already in the MSG Hall of Fame, is going into the WWF Hall of Fame. I mean, I guess it makes sense that company wouldn't exist without him. So,
0: all they right. Got- it's funny that he just said snuck a. Oof. If you listened to our Heroes of Wrestling episode, the watch along between him and Marty Jannetty. <laughs> yeah, all right. Everything that needs to be said is said there. That's all I need to say. Just enough said. Anyway, um, and they're they're doing it different. You know, WWF is always, or WWE now makes it seem like Hall of Fame has always been since WrestleMania weekend. Nope, this one they're doing Survivor Series weekend. Uh, it's the night before Survivor Series, which it's cool, but it's uh it, it's funny how it was before Survivor Series, I, people always thought WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, of course. But now they actually have they just put celebrities in the Hall of Fame now, so it doesn't matter. Uh, let's see. Perfect's warming up in the back, and Triple H takes one of those uh, wheeling uh, uh, equipment carts and just rams it into his knee, and then they just
0: cut away. It's because they got to tell you about Nancy them. Kerrigan. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Nice little nod to her and uh, Tanya Harding. Uh, Austin is mm. on live. They
1: recap Austin on live wire talking about how he went into the heart dungeon and he put a, the sharpshoot, he put a hold on heart and Stu told him to t- take it off of him. So then he put the hold on Stu, called him a bitch. He was just talking about the heart dungeon. Fucking hilarious. Like I said, Austin's arrived with full fledged. Austin is here. Um, and then, the promo. It's good to see Brett back. And we all know this promo. Uh, there's an ECW sign. Uh, JR asks him, you're going to retire? You're going to face Austin? You're going to go to the front office? You're going to do movies? Uh, and talks about how he has been made an offer by a rival wrestling organization. Um, and Vince says, I can't believe this is happening. Selling it, obviously. Selling being about worried what Brett's going to do. Um, they cut to the back. Austin Pillman, some other heels were watching him. It looked like the rock was back there, but it couldn't have been the rock. Cause he wasn't the rock yet. He wasn't even Rocky Maivia yet. Well,
0: no, but Rocky
1: Maivia shows up in like a couple of uh, weeks. Ma- yeah, I know, but it was weird. Cause it looked like him, but anyway, and then Brett okay, says, interesting.
0: maybe he was just there. I didn't it even, it was weird. Now I got to go back
1: and look. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. uh, so Vince is relieved that
0: Brett is staying. He does that. You've seen the video before. He's like, oh, all right. Oh, thank God. <laughs> he looks like he's half ready to cry. Yeah, yeah it was right. He actually sells that part pretty good.
1: Yeah. And then uh, this was a rambling promo by by Brett. He says uh, he does admit that uh, uh, HBK beat him clean in the middle of the ring. Something about Shawn Michaels really bugs me. Might some even say he's cuter than me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then he quotes Nixon. I don't know why. He quotes Nixon. Uh, and then he says he's accepting the challenge of the best wrestler in WWF today, Austin. Awesome. Did like, he say I'm not a crook? <laughs> no. He said <laughs> you learn from the feet and you come back and beat him the next time. Um, now, when he accepts the challenge, they cut backstage and Pillman is celebrating. And Austin just looks at him like, boy, shut the fuck up before I cut you. And Pillman stops yeah. dead. That was worth like. Him, Brett saying, "I accept the challenge of the best wrestler in WWF today." Austin Pillman celebrating. Austin giving him the look. That's all you needed. That's all you. To needed be honest out with you, th-
0: as soon as I'm I'm watching this right now, you know, again, I 100 can put myself back in time 25 years ago, saying, "Yeah, this guy's gonna get pushed. This is it. this is it. Like you can tell, and this is the." I know you're saying like this is the birth of Stone Cold with against Triple H that night, but come Survivor series, this is where Triple H become or I'm Jesus, this is where Stone Cold becomes a made man. He gets pushed over the edge, yeah. Yeah. This is where he is, yeah, hundred percent they they're letting you know. Because if the first person, it's kinda like Punk calling out Darby Allen. The first person that Austin's call, or that Brett's calling out is Austin. Yeah, yep. Austin's been talking shit. But the point is that you're going to go after the biggest, the baddest. That's what you should be doing because you're Brett. Why would you go for <laughs> – which is funny because like, he spent like half a year fighting Hakushi and Jerry Lawler in the 90s. But anyway, uh, and Isaac Yankum. Speaking of, a little uh, – uh, we'll say a little prelude here in a couple of weeks. Top topic. Character rebrandings. That's one of them. Isaac Yankum into Kane. You want to talk about a character <laughs> rebrand. That's one. So keep your mind rolling. Oh, don't, That's forget don't forget the middle point. Don't forget the middle
1: point. Don't forget about the one in between. <laughs> well, the one that we're watching weekly right now. I know.
0: I know. I um, can't wait to get from one year. Oh, my God. One year from now really would be Bad Blood and Kane shows up. Mm-hmm. Whew, let's get this on the move. All right. All right. But, so, yeah, so Austin the, the- and the Pillman thing right there. I love that celebrating oh, and him great. looking pissed. It was a great. great moment.
1: But then at this point, uh, Brett starts talking about a sick kid in Canada that he promised he'd come out of retirement if the kid could uh, pull through. But the kid died anyway, and it was Brett's nephew. And uh, and then Brett says good he doesn't... story, po- Brett. Yeah, and then he says, I don't pose too well for girly books. Sick burn. That promo was way too long. I love Brett, and I think he's typically good on the mic, but this was just long-winded. Uh, then we get what's supposed to be Triple H versus Mr. Perfect, a rare 316 sign they are starting to come out. Uh, then we get the karate fighters holiday tournament. Todd Pettingill and Lawler. Oh,
0: I remember that. Wherever oh, they all fought each other on the karate fighters game thing. In Little ad, plastic uh, buttons.
1: And oddly enough, I, I remember Lawler's suspension because he cheated last year. We get Sonny versus Bob Backlund, Doc Hendricks versus Sable, Sid versus Marlena, perfect versus Phineas Godwin. Um yeah, man. Um okay. So uh I'm excited. Perfect comes out. We're going to go Mer- over every moment as it shows. <laughs> I'm documenting the whole thing. Don't worry about it. Uh, Perfect comes out. He's got Mero, Sable, and Gorilla Monsoon with him. And he's got a slight limp. Not too bad. Uh, JR's in the ring, and Monsoon's telling, uh, the, saying the doc said Perfect can't compete. And Monsoon confirms it. Um, Mero offers to take Perfect's place. Triple H wants Perfect. Not obligated to fight Mero. He says he'll only face Mero if you put the IC title up. And Monsoon tells Mr. Perfect, "You can't san- sanction this match. Only I can."
0: All right, I sanctioned this match. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it was a
0: fucking. It was a melt. <laughs> it's like one of those things you see in a movie. You can't talk to my husband in the way, honey. Honey, I got this. You can't talk to me this way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pretty much, and uh, you know, let's let's get right to the chase. Perfect turns on marrow. Triple H wins the IC title and perfect. And Triple H hug and laugh as we go off the air. There's Mr. Perfect. As we,
0: as one of my favorite quotes from a movie we already did from Men in Tights. I saw that coming a mile away, <laughs> dude. I remembered that the moment that he started his tiny little arguing with Triple H at all. I go, oh my God, they're gonna screw Marrow out of the Intercontinental title. That's right. So then, everything we've been watching for the last couple of weeks, especially even the loss to Austin, but then the uh, getting involved in that, but also getting involved in the oh oh oh, oh making sure that Marrow win over the night before against Goldust in the Intercontinental Title match because you need Marrow to have that title the next night. Everything perfectly in place by that's right, Mister Perfect. Mister Perfect, excellent ruse. Now you tell me, did Raw have a better a, a better showing for themselves this week? I think that cemented it, especially how the shows went off the air. Hell yeah! Now
1: let's talk Nitro. All right, we get a sad macho recap to open the show. After that, we get Bobby Liz Lipper. Hyphen Savage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We got Bobby Eaton, who apparently is not the Earl of Eaton anymore. Thank God he's just back to being good old Bobby Eaton. Taking on Chris Jericho, the match I didn't know I needed to see. Fucking amazing.
0: This is what I talked about earlier. I was like, wow, what do you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, NWO's in the crowd throughout this episode, particularly to hear it's six. And uh, we get a a top rope drop kick for the win from Jericho. Uh, Interesting way to end it. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, Jericho calls out the NWO. He's facing six
0: at Halloween Havoc. Slim Jim. Halloween Havoc. Oh yeah, but he did say he goes. They haven't had a defeat in their group, and yep. come Halloween Havoc, it's WCW versus uh, NWO. And six, I'm ready for you. I was like, okay, we're giving uh, Jericho a pretty good push. All right. Yeah, I know this match, and I know what
1: happens in it. So I, if it's the one yeah. I'm thinking of, but uh, anyway, it's fine. It is what it is. Uh, we got a Rey Mysterio package, and then we get Jimmy Graffiti versus Dean Malenko. You heard? He's from. in the Hall of Fame. Jimmy Graffiti. Uh, Malenko wins with the Texas Cloverleaf. Tonight was the night of the jobbers, by the way. Um, After that, we get DDP versus Sergeant Craig Pittman with Teddy Long. Nick Patrick is the ref surprise. Um, Basically, what happens is Pittman gets the code red on DDP, and he taps. But when that happens, Patrick is being distracted by Long, making Long look like the worst manager in the history of wrestling. Uh, Pittman is arguing with Nick Patrick. DDP hits the cutter for the win. And the feud of
0: Long, Teddy Long and Nick Patrick continues. And the Diamond Cutter is still the most protected uh, finisher going around right now in both shows. I Next, love it. Uh, Nobody uh, the, kicks the, out of it, after, and it comes out of nowhere. The, love stu- it.
1: the stunner is, is happening. The stunner is pretty close, but WCW is being more clever and it coming out of nowhere. For yeah. sure. Uh, Shivani's with Nick Patrick. They uh, basically just... You know, calling out that he's the NWRF and Patrick. Same shit off every week. Randy Anderson. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Uh we get a thug life recap. Uh after that we get Big Ron Studd versus Jeff Jarrett. Flair comes out, big pop. Jarrett's taking his place because uh you know, Flair got jumped the other night. They do a strut off. They kind of get face-to-face, but then they shake hands. Uh, it's a squash for, J- for uh, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, we get an interview post-match with Shivani. Flair joins, calls out the NWO, and for this time, Giant is watching. Basically, every time somebody who's taking on somebody from the NWO, that person from the NWO is in the crowd.
0: Look, it was uh, a smart go-home show. You built up towards a pay-per-view, I'll give you that, but the matches, the everything was just kind of – you knew it was just going to be exactly what it was in each match. However, I did like one of the lines that Flair said. He goes – Last week, I heard Jarrett call my name out, and he had a lot of nice things to say. He goes, that doesn't happen for the Nature Boy. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> and awesome. nowadays yeah. especially. Yep, exactly, yep. Uh, we get hour two. We get Roadblock, who? Versus Lex God Luger. Goddamn, came out with a whole uh, horse of a Roadblock-type thing with him. Like, one of the big, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it was awkward. Goddamn oh, it. Look at you. Yeah, it was weird. Uh,
1: basically, the match was just so they could cut to a promo of Arn Anderson. Uh hyping their match coming up. That's about all that is. Uh they Clock made, and all. they made reference after this, uh, right before the next match about the Braves being up 2-0 on the Yankees. And I fucking completely forgot because I was in Pittsburgh at this time. And uh yes, the Braves were up two to nothing on the Yankees in the World Series. Um, do you know what happened?
0: Uh I think that was the last time they won, right? I think Yankees Yeah, the Yankees won four that. games in a row to win their first World Series since nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Yep. 100%. I, I'm a
1: big Yankees fan, so needless to say, that was the first. Yeah, that was oh, awesome. Oh, sorry. That was good shit. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Uh, after that, we get the American Males versus Harlem Heat. Uh, apparently, Joe Gomez is now wrestling with uh, Marcus Bagwell, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, they just
0: like. took one guy out, put another one in. Mm-hmm. No more Scotty Riggs. Let's just use go Joe Gomez. Kind of looks the same. Yeah, kind of No one's going to notice.
1: Close enough. I don't think anybody did anyway. Uh, outsiders are watching, obviously, because they got the match with Harlem Heat. Yep. They tried to do a screwy finish, and it was just a shoddy pin breakup. It, it was horrible. It was terrible. Um, after that, the Fantastics, who, took on the Faces of All Fear. Right. Guess who won that match? Uh, and then
0: the Crow shows up. Yo! Okay, that was awesome. Because, yeah, you have uh, fake Stang, Stang is having a match against whatever jobber. And then, yeah, it's pretty. No one's really, really <clears throat> sanctioning the match because the ref's not even involved. And then all of a sudden, Sting shows up, gives the Scorpion Death Drop, and then to uh, Stinger Splash, and then the Scorpion, Scorpion Death Lock to Stang. And the guys all get in the ring. They didn't even sit, they didn't even that was help out part. Stang. and they're like he's involved because if you look at him, it's the first type of crow. This is a white face, no black paint. White, and then he's in very all black. Slight, and very slight, slight, very slight A yeah, slight, yeah. Like, like he's going to grow into it at some point. <laughs> um, but I think it's Heenan goes, but notice he's an all in black, and he is. And I thought the last time that Sting spoke before winning the world title against Hogan in 97, because the funniest thing is the first time he spoke at all was in 97 he said something in absolute spanish you w- at in the corner to the microphone and they go what he goes mamacita never understood why sting did that so one of the funniest things ever to me but i thought the last time he spoke was when he had his back to the fans and this is where he says the one thing about the singer is nothing is for sure Drops the mic and leaves, so you don't know whose side he's on. He's a free agent, and he told NWO, "Don't think you can afford the stinger." Well, he says, he says, well,
1: he's like, "You get what you pay for, huh?" And he points over at Stang, and he goes, "That was awesome." And he goes, he goes, he goes, "Me, I might be a little out of your price range." Yeah, it was great it was good. It was good. stuff.
0: Yeah, main event match would have been really good if it happened.
1: Yeah, it was supposed to be Benoit versus Macho, and it just be- became Sad Macho Part
0: Two. Uh, yeah, same thing, except it was, you know, this time. Well, there's more to the story. Yes, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to gloss over it, but yeah. No, it pretty much is a gloss over, except this time they're on a movie set. It's all in black and white. It's Giant, Hogan, and Liz. And Hogan has the real short haircut and only a mustache. It's really hard to look at, man. It's horrible. (laughs) I can't deal with it. I'm like, oh, my God, does he put a wig on to this next match? Because I don't think I could watch him with just this it's like the the haircut i have right now um, except better but anyway um this time macho's in all black and he has a black hat black tiny sunglasses and an all black getup and i go macho doing his imbr- his best impression of the moody the movie powder because that's what he looked like the guy dressed in powder minus the fact that he was all pale that's exactly what macho looked like in this and then leaves all broken hearted again part 2 while she just Swings back and forth on the swing, macho, where used to finger blast me. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Alright, we'll take a quick break. Well then. I just, I don't know where it came out of, dude, I just thought... Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... I didn't for the rock. This week's top topic. You know some mean jeans. John see. Wrestling's not fake. Uh, the Rolex wearing one. Diamond ring wearing one. Kid stealing woo. Wheeling dealing one. Limousine light. one. Jet flying one. Son of a gun woo. Sierra Hotel India. Echo Lima Delta Shield. If you smile. Following ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias-based order, based off the Professor and ODM made it. And as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans much like you, are listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter or email them at the top of wrestling at gmail.com. As always, they do appreciate all feedback and continued support. At the End of the day, they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die. And now, this week's top topic. Hey ODM, what's up? The space goes down, down, baby, down, down the roller coaster. Sweet, 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 baby, sweet, 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 don't let me go. go. Shimmy, shimmy, coca-pop, shimmy, 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 rock. Shimmy, shimmy, coca-pop, shimmy, 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 rock. I met a girlfriend, a trisket. She said a trisket, a biscuit. biscuit. Ice cream, cream, soda, soda, pop vanilla on the top. top. Ooh, shalida, walking down the street ten times a week. I read it, I said it, it. I stole my mama's credit. I'm I'm cool, cool, I'm hot, I'll kick you in your dick three more more times. Nice, good job. Not too bad. Well rehearsed. It's almost like we practiced that. <laughs> it is our top topic of the week and this one was kind of a fun one to put together. It is our top 10 pushes from fan demands. You know, one of the biggest things we did when we first got this show started was every week we got to have top topics. And you know, there's endless amount of topics we really can talk about. Some days I, w- I want to maybe just focus on just one wrestler, you know, like, let's say kind of like how we did with, uh, unfortunately when Brody Lee passed, we pretty much didn't all, you know, tribute to everything that he's done. Endless topics that we could talk about, endless wrestlers. One thing that was big to think about is what do we want as fans? Cause now that's what AEW is doing. They're giving us what we want and What I've wanted to do for quite some time as a topic is talking about when the fans got what they wanted, when we pushed so hard that we got everything we wanted in return. Not to say every time it's gone down absolutely smoothly. Uh, We've seen where sometimes we actually had to quote unquote hijack a show just to finally get something that we want. And and just like recently, we've worked so hard that this coming week, we're finally getting Lashley Goldberg, too. See? Things pay off. You know what sucks is they're putting one really good match on there that I'm like, you bastards. That's the only thing I want to see. And it's a Hell in a Cell match with Edge and Rollins. I'm like, see, that looks fun to see, but you got to make me watch all this other blood money bullshit. So, fuck it. Anyway. Let's talk about fan pushes. Now, there is that one obvious one, like I said, you know, that that comes to mind. It may come up in this, but what this really is is people were becoming so popular that the promotion that they were in had no other choice but to really highlight them that much more on TV or put a strap on them. First, my honorable mention, I personally think this is a probably a long shot, but I think that someone can actually see the good in him. And I'm talking about Darby Allen. Go all the way back to the very first pay-per-view that AEW did, Double or Nothing. And he was on it with Jimmy Havoc, I think, and Joey Donella. He came out a star. After that, had a match with Cody. After that, had a rivalry with pretty much everybody on the roster at this point. And people love him. And he's being treated the right way. Takes his wins the right time and the losses the right time. I think that he is someone that the fans want to see. I know you and I both do. So that's why I threw it as an honorable mention. May not be that total of a real fan push as as the rest of some of these, Uh, this list is. But I would say that Darby's pretty well on the way, personally.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of us didn't know who he was until that first match. And it was a garbage match when you look back at it, as far as, you know, context and, you know, what it was, but from that became this huge following. And, uh, you know, he recently had a quote, uh, he said, you know, screw the AEW world championship. I want the TNT title back. So, and I think that puts him right in the place where he needs to be. And, uh, I think you're right. I think, uh, you know, he's been nothing but over since that first match and, um, you know, it's, it's obviously a little bit different than WWF because a lot of these are going to be WWF superstars, not wrestlers, superstars, who were obviously over. And it's not to say that in some of those cases that WWF wasn't going to push them, but some of them were exactly that case. So uh, with this one, it's a little different because I think they knew from the beginning what potential he had. But yeah, definitely uh, has the,
0: the fans behind him and it, w- it would be impossible not to cash in on that. Absolutely. Um, th- starting off with number 10, this one, I, I don't know if it's too much of a stretch, but really when you look back in this era of what was really going on in the WWF, he was the man that was really, I mean, Sean at this point was pretty, Shawn Michaels was pretty much a real dick heel, so people weren't really a big fan of his at, at early stages like we're seeing in the wars right now. But at this point, Bret Hart in 93, 94, no one was getting better pops. And even though they were putting it in what I told you about garbage matches, Hakushi, Doink, uh, Jerry Lawler, and Kiss My Foot matches, he was still the most over on the card. That come WrestleMania ten, they had to put that belt back on him again versus Yokozuna, and he carried it all the way into the Bob Backlund era, so we could pass it over to Diesel era. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm yeah. getting at. He, yeah. I, he Let's was not forget he actually well-
1: technically he technically lost the belt to Terry Funk. Let's not forget that. Okay. That's there. That's, yeah, that's right, we don't ever really talk about that ever.
0: Um, but no, I, I would say in that era, he was very well pushed because it's what the fans wanted. Now, following up with that, at number nine is just that. Shawn Michaels. It's not just how he was being positioned. People were going nuts for him because he was that young, vibrant, uh, smaller type size guy who could go that he became such a, Badass heel of the coward that you couldn't just not cheer for him, especially after his match with Razor. It's like, man, you were so good with that at WrestleMania ten. Speaking of, uh it, with that ladder match, that people were like, yeah, we can't boo you, man. That was too cool. You know, it's kind of like you don't. I didn't really care for the Dudleys until the TLC matches, and I was like, I really love the Dudleys. You know? <laughs> right. Uh, so to me, same kind of thing, and, and Michaels is being pushed. And then, of course, we see 96, he got that push with the with the championship belt. It was the right time. It really was the absolute right time to put the title on him. Wouldn't have done it in 95 when he fought Diesel at WrestleMania. It would have been too late in 97 because at that point, mm-hmm. we're starting to get on the rise of other guys. Um, in 90, or I'm sorry, coming in at number eight, In 1997 and 98, we're already starting to see the beginning stages of it as a heel. He is being pushed pretty hard right now on Nitro, which is Diamond Dallas Page. But come 97 and 98, he is going to be your, not just your anti-authority, he's kind of your Austin to uh, the WWF in a way. But at this point, he is also, besides Sting, the one man who is going to give a hard no to the NWO. And we all know the big moments that we're talking about. The shirt gets passed over. Crowd was going nuts for him. They wanted him to be the U.S. champion. They wanted him to be the world champion. Even going in against Goldberg at that Halloween Havoc where they go off the air. (laughs) DDP was heavily cheered, way more than Goldberg was. And Goldberg being the unstoppable, undefeated monster at that point, DDP was still over at that, more than old Billy Boy and he's already getting a lot of pops and cheers at this point already even right now yeah 96 as a heel he's getting them that's it's very yep. funny number 7 i think that you you'd probably agree to this um <laughs> yeah, and i really mean this because yeah. new we japan it. yeah it, it, in new japan in 2016 lost aj styles AJ, uh shinsuke nakamura The Good Brothers, they were losing a lot of their big-name guys. What's going to happen? Yep, Finn Balor just the year prior to that. Yep. What are we going to do? Well, it's time to step up and make a new leader, not only in the the Bullet Club, but also in New Japan. Kenny Omega started having, you know, really good, consistent matches, had a great run in the G1, became the Intercontinental Champion against... uh, Well, he was supposed to face Hiroshi Tanahashi, and he got injured and ended up being a ladder match between him and Michael Elgin in a banger of a match, putting Omega even much that more on the map. One year later, facing off against Okada at Wrestle Kingdom for the first time, falling short, the fans wanted him to be champion to the point that when he came to a draw at Dominion, people were like, oh, my God, even that what we talk about all the time, that exhausting moment where he drops to his knees and it's like the crowd was like, oh, God. Damn it. <laughs> and then the big payoff with Okada. It was the right time. I think New Japan did a great job with it, especially the fans wanted it. They gave it to the fans. To me, I thought that was well executed by New Japan. And that's that's the biggest thing here. Is that we don't give credit to just all the guys here. you got to give credit to the promotion actually pulling the trigger. That's the biggest point of this, this topic, I think. In number six, I was there a couple of times to actually witness this. They tried turning Eddie Guerrero heel on SmackDown in 2003. Him and Tajiri lose the tag titles. It should have been him and Chavo. Chavo's out hurt. Tajiri comes in. And in Rochester, they drop the titles to the world's greatest tag team. Eddie turns heel and beats the piss out of Tajiri, puts him through the low rider, through the window, and the crowd chants, Eddie. (laughs) <laughs> the more he cheats, the crowd chanted Eddie. The more he was doing heeless shit, the crowd chanted Eddie. They put him with Chavo and was supposed to be bad guys cheating at golf, cheating at doing this and that, and everyone I just yeah. loved it. You couldn't not push him, and all of a sudden come no way out in a upset. I think one of the absolute biggest upsets that most people most likely never saw coming. Eddie Guerrero defeats Brock Lesnar for the world title in 2004. Because I don't think the news had really broken at this point about Lesnar was leaving in a month or two after WrestleMania. But for Eddie to have won, it was perfect because the fans wanted it. To the point, I mean, shit, he was so over that JBL was getting death threats from the amount of shit that he had going on with Eddie. So it's, uh, that's a fan push. We wanted it and we got it. I didn't know how much I wanted Eddie to be a world champion until I saw him win the title, actually. I was like, I'm okay with him being mid-card. He's great to watch. But when he went over as a world champion, you're like, it is what I wanted. I just didn't know you were going to give it to me. I just kind of settled for less now. <laughs> we did talk about him earlier. God damn it. And we're also going to talk about him as he has probably the match of the year against Lashley this week. Just kidding. But in 98, crowd really was Channing Goldberg. We had never seen anything like this. We had never seen a man really go on such a winning streak and demolishing each and every guy that got in the ring that when he got in the ring, you wanted him to win. And when he faced Raven, we wanted him to win. When he faced Hogan... Go back and watch that crowd. Do not tell me that one person wanted Hogan to win. (laughs) That it was one of the best pops of all time.
1: I, I, Yeah, I was watching around that time. Uh, Yeah, I remember it was something else because I remember watching when it started with just little flashes in the pan. It was, oh, here shows up this guy you've never seen before. Oh, he's won 30 matches in a row. Oh, we haven't seen any of them, but okay, we'll take your word for it. And the number goes up and up and up and up. And, you know, obviously we know where it goes. So, yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know how the number how, if
0: the number ever got fabricated because I was like, oh, how it did? was this now? Oh, yeah, it, I'm sure no, it's it totally did. fabricated. Yeah. But it was really cool to see whatever it was. And oh, and I actually asked how Bobby Heenan presents him as champion. He goes, he's 110, 120, 180. You know, I don't care. It doesn't matter. He's the world champion. He's undefeated. Enough said for me, man. And it was the best way to do it. Yep. Wrestling took quite a dip for quite some time with what we wanted to get and what we got. If you take a look, you know, I talked about Eddie Guerrero in 2003, 2004, all the way from then to the next person I'm talking about, it took for finally to get what we wanted. And it was CM Punk. We knew he was the best in the world. He was the best heel. He should have been way higher on the uh, WrestleMania card when it came to the John Cena Miz match. Even though he was the best heel in SmackDown, best heel in the company, and you've heard his gripes, everybody's heard it for a long time, Um, and then when you get the epic pipe bomb, we want nothing else but Punk. Do not give us anything else. Of course, that would be fucked it up, you know, with Triple H going over at Night of Champions, things like that, yada, 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 something, 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 seven years later in AEW, but... You want to talk about a man who was pushed the right way. Finally, he they did give him the title, and they gave him 434 days as the world champion. At that point, the only man to hold it the longest in the modern era. Now, it's like everybody is doing it. It's its like everybody has a long reign. Um, but Punk was the, f- the first in a very long time that we finally got what we wanted. Here we go. We're down to our, our final three. In 2019... Well, let's back up. In 2018, in November, we were about to get the match we thought we all wanted, which was Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey. And as fate would have it, a broken nose gave us something that much more that we wanted. The man had her face busted up by Nia Jax, and she became that much over and became the man. Her promos were fire. Everyone was behind her. And they gave her the they gave her the right spotlight, man. They gave her the main event of WrestleMania. Now I could give absolutely two shits that I see her on screen. I'm just like, eh. It's funny she married Seth Rollins, had a
1: baby with Seth Rollins, and now she's female Seth Rollins.
0: Exactly what she is, and even her character, yeah, 100. It's yeah. Ugh. Wow, good point. Good point. So, but. You want to talk about a fan push. We wanted nothing else but her. To the point oh, that yeah. women actually main evented WrestleMania because it's what we wanted. We wanted Becky Lynch more than anybody else on your entire card, including her, her husband who was facing Brock Lesnar for a title that night. They opened the freaking show because Becky had to close. <laughs> That's
1: pretty no, crazy. And don't forget, yeah. we got the backstage segment with the with the police cars where Rhonda kicked Rousey uh, oh, Flair's her No, Charlotte kicked uh, Rousey's head into the window frame. Jesus.
0: Yeah, and, and Charlotte drove a whole fucking police car and, didn't, and she got out of jail that night. It was all weird. <laughs> Coming in at number two is a man we're already singing his praises. We just talked about he's starting to take off. I think in 96, he is getting the push from the fans, and we're going to see in 97 probably by, let's just say, March at WrestleMania <laughs> for sure, he's going to get a full-blown push by the fans, and we want nothing but him, Stone Cold Steve Austin. 97 and 98, no one else was more pushed by the fans than that guy right there. Only because he was 100% out of the norm. He was saying, fuck you to authority. He was saying, fuck you to everybody. And he was all by himself. Anybody tried to team with him, he would he would stun his own partners. Biggest draw ever. Yeah. Naturally. You can't tell me WWE Naturally. made him. There is yep. no way WWE made him. No. He is the most natural draw of all time because he was him. He has said... I am who that is. I was just a touch more amped up and louder on TV, but this is who I am. This is 100% who I am, and I loved it every second of it, and we're getting to enjoy it right now. I am excited to finally see Breton in, in Stone Cold one more time at uh, Survivor Series. I haven't watched it in gonna, quite some time, We're to it's not even gonna a, ta- I know. We're, it's going to be a month before we get to talk about it, or a month or two because of our season finale, but um, that is a classic— Match, a classic wrestling match, and it's going to showcase so much of Austin. We're on the way with it. But, yeah, go ahead. We we should just do a watch along of that and just release it as a mid season episode. Ooh, I'm okay with that because that's a great match. It's so good. It's happening. Look at that. Top topics making top topics. Here we go. Making moves. Number one, I think it's because of not only was it a fan push, it was what I talked about, the hijack. If you guys don't give us what we want, this is going to be a major issue. And You know, they also screwed it up a couple more times with, like, Roman Reigns and shit like that, where they're, we're like, please don't do it. Please don't make him headline WrestleMania. God damn it, you did it again. But <laughs> we already lost Punk. We were not willing to lose Daniel Bryan in the WWE yeah. at this point. And while they had announced, and they can say, oh, it was our plan all along. No, when they announced Batista and Randy Orton after Batista won the Royal Rumble, they were literally going with that match. It was supposed to be the Evolution at WrestleMania 30. Ha, ha, ha. Fuck you, that was stupid. And thank God the fans were so vocal enough that Daniel Bryan was finally inserted into that match, making it a triple threat after beating Triple H in the beginning of the night. It's what needed to be done. It was the most over- man in the world at that point in wrestling. And Punk even said Him going away, if he stayed, didn't go, didn't matter. What happened at WrestleMania is what needed to happen at that point. And I totally agree. Absolutely Daniel Bryan still, no matter what, should have gone over at WrestleMania thirty. Twenty-nine he was being wasted already with a tag team match with Team Hell No and the Shield and all that shit. But that entire build that year after beating Cena in the summer at SummerSlam, but then getting screwed out of the title in seconds, crowd didn't like it, and he was just that much more over. The more they screwed him, the more we loved him. And WWE could do that whole thing. Oh, oh, that was our plan all along. It wasn't. It wasn't. No. You never had a plan for him, and thank God we all spoke up. That was a fun topic to me. I absolutely liked doing this one because, again, it was just talking about what we wanted, what we got, and I think AEW is going to give us a little more of that a little more often.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd like to throw an honorable mention in there myself, uh, Kofi Kingston.
0: Yeah, because at WrestleMania I don't, I don't, 35, no, you're right. It was We wanted it, and and it came true. Problem is, it was, like, way too many years. Short burn. Way too many. it, it, was, oh, it was definitely the, the build up burn. The buildup
1: was too long, and the burn was too short.
0: Well, and let's also talk about how your payoff was with the ending with uh, Brock Lesnar. Brock. That's how you man. ended your entire streak. I'm not going to lie. I
1: did laugh my ass off because I knew that's what was going to happen. <laughs> I got the
0: alert. I was away on my honeymoon. Or no, I'm not my honeymoon. My anniversary, and I got the alert. And I go, of course they did. Hundred <laughs> percent. I was at the Grand Canyon, dude. No bullshit. I looked down. And I go, oh, of course they did. <laughs> well, it is another episode in the wraps. We had uh, or in the is that how you call it? The wraps and the sheets and the it, it's in the bed in the, in the, it's the bed. And it's and Put the bed in the thing. We shot it. I don't head. get it's it. Over. I don't get it.
1: Let's make it a pun I don't get it.
0: <laughs> she be a bug. Oh, so wait. The robot is a bug. Oh, I like that. <laughs> you just can't show up to a meeting and start yelling bugs. Kevin, and me? I'm like, oh, my God. You're right. It is. Yeah. Wow. Good call. You're on drugs. <laughs> If we only had a big piano to dance on. There we go. Look at that. The, the biggest thing we could have given you is a guess because you'll find out at the next episode. <laughs> yeah, Ladies yeah, and gentlemen, yeah. thanks so much for listening for the, or to the Top of Wrestling. I am the professor, Mark Fantasia. He is ODM Joe Rizzo. And every week he loves to leave us with his quote of the week from our movie of the week. This week we're going to have him do it in the form of... One of our top ten pushes from Fan Demands. I'll even let you look at that list one more time because you know where I'm going. Ladies and gentlemen, she came in at number three. She is the man. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk to you next week. ODM's leaving us as Becky Lynch.
1: I already did an Irish person.
0: It doesn't matter. Wow, that's really. Yo, that is really. Wow,
1: that's low. That's that's so shallow. What the fuck do you want from (laughs) me, man? I don't know. I just wish I could do Macho
0: Man every week. I'd be happy. All right, how about you do a Becky Lynch macho man? I don't even know what that is. Just say dig it at the end of whatever you do as Becky. I can't. This is going to be fucking horrible.
1: It happened yeah. again. David, the girl is absolutely useless. I can't fucking speak Irish. I don't know if I'm British or not. you got to get me. So- <laughs> I, I eventually quit this week. You've broken me. I can't fucking do this. On the bed. Yeah. It's growing
0: crank. (laughs) My dog just said, fuck that, that was horrible. (laughs) She literally just came in from the other room to tell you that was horrible. (laughs) See you next week. I'll even nod my head. All right. Sounds good. I'll keep the head. What did Dre say? Keep the heads ringing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm white. All right, I'll be back. Cool story, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you.